In this episode of the Motor City Hypnotist Podcast, we're going to continue our series on influential or uh, semi-famous psychologists, psychotherapists, a lot of terms for them, but we're going to jump into another couple of good ones today. Uh, One is Carl Jung, and I will give you the other one a little bit later. And as usual, I'm giving all of the listeners a free hypnosis guide. Stay tuned. We will be right there. Get ready for the Motor City Hypnotist, David R. Wright, originating from the suburbs of Detroit, Michigan. He has hypnotized thousands of people from all over the United States. David R. Wright has been featured on news outlets all across the country and is the clinical director of an outpatient mental health and hypnosis clinic located just south of Detroit, where he helps people daily using the power of hypnosis. Welcome, the Motor City Hypnotist, David R. Wright. What's going on, my friends? It is David Wright here, the Motor City Hypnotist, and we are back with another episode of the Motor City Hypnotist podcast. And, uh... We're in a different place again. We're actually back to a more familiar place. We're back downtown Detroit, Detroit Shipping Company, mm-hmm. the podcast Detroit, Detroit Studios. Jamie is with me. I am. I, just, yeah. I love being down here. I mean, it's a, the summer summer is no, in full I know. swing. It's great. That I'm looking outside. People are walking around, just enjoying themselves. Yeah, people and, listen uh, whenever, wherever. But uh, yeah. today for us, it's gorgeous. Uh huh. Yeah. We're. I, I mean, it's a, it's an 88 degree day. A little little cloudy, but uh, yeah. that helps a little bit. The city's alive, and I'm glad to be <laughs> there, here. Yeah, there are a lot of people out. It's really cool. So thanks, folks, for checking in and listening. Um, let me tell you where you can find me. Uh, my website is MotorCityHypnotist.com. On the website, you'll find my podcast page with all of our episodes going all the way back to number one. And I believe we're in the 80s. I think we're at 80, maybe 86, 87 today. So we're getting there. Uh, but yeah, uh, take a look at the website. Uh, you can also find some other areas. Uh, my store, which you can find MP3 uh, hypnosis recording products for specific issues. Um, I'll go through the whole list, but definitely for smoking cessation, weight loss, anxiety, uh, sports performance enhancement. So there, there are a lot of them on there. So take a look there. That might be of interest to you. You can find me on social media. Facebook and YouTube are both Motor City Hypnotist and on Twitter and Instagram, which are both Motor City Hypno. And that's H-Y-P-N-O. And for everybody who's listening today, I'm offering my free hypnosis guide. As usual, you can find the link for that download in the show notes, uh, wherever you're listening, whether it be Apple, I, you know, wherever, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you're getting your podcast, check out the show notes. That download link will be there. And most importantly, wherever you're listening, if you could please subscribe and leave a review. Both of those things would be greatly appreciated. It helps me get more uh, exposure in a good way, and gets more people listening. Thumbs so, yeah. up and smiley yeah. faces, yeah. welcome. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Whatever good things you want to say, just just load them in there. But uh, yeah, definitely subscribe. That's a big thing because the, the thing you get with subscription too is you'll get notified whenever I release a new show. You don't have to go looking for it. So Apple It'll has changed a little bit. That. You got to change yes. your vocabulary. Yes, follow. Apple has changed. Yes, follow. It's uh, it's no longer subscribe. Yes, you follow. exactly. Follow on Apple for those of you with your uh, iTunes uh, yes. podcasts. 
Join the party, however you do yep, it. Yep, however you do it, just get in and, and put your name on it. Cool. Um, it's time for... Well, as soon as I hit the button... That's how winning is done. All right. So our, our winner of, of the week this week, this is I, I, I'm going to tell you the first uh, the first line of the story, because this just happened not too long ago. I thought it was just a repeat of a prior story because we did it here. We did it on the podcast. Um, there's nothing Mike McCoy wouldn't do for his adored eight month old chocolate lab, Jack, including, it seems, wrestling an alligator. So I don't know if you remember Jamie, the one, the guy that got pulled in with a cigar in his mouth. Oh yeah, and rescued yeah, yeah. his puppy. Yeah, it happened again. Oh, another neighborhood in Florida. This guy's got an eight-month-old chocolate lab. Oh, the difference is there was no video of this attack. Which, which I mean, I don't know if I'd want to see that. But but the dog's okay. Good. The guy's okay. Um, so anyway, uh, he was taking his puppy. Mike McCoy was taking his puppy Jack. Uh, near their walk, they were walking near a pond behind a middle school in the town of Holiday, when a gator jumped out of the water and pulled Jack under the water. Mm. Um, then Mike did the unthinkable; he jumped in the water too. So his his statement's kind of funny. He says, "I previously read up on my environment and gators. <laughs> I got around, thumbed the eye, picked him up out of the water so he couldn't get anywhere until he let the dog go. And in the interim, he decided I don't." Uh, something like, I don't have the dog, I'll bite you, said McCoy to ABC mm-hmm. Action News. So after the tussle with the giant reptile, both the owner and dog had to get medical attention. Um, the dog had, it, you watch the video of, of the interview with him, because they'll, they'll show the dog, and they're both okay, but the dog's got, you know, like f- four or five bear spots all in his oh, midsection yeah, where, yeah. The, where the alligator bit into him and needed stitches, and he and, and the owner's got his hand wrapped, and then his thumb is like totally like oh, covered boy. up, so he must have like chomped down right at his thumb too. Um but here's the funny thing, because we did a story. It had to be within the last, well, it had to be within the last four or five months, because yeah. we've only been doing the podcast since June of last year. Um, it says the, the Florida Wildlife Conservation uh, said states, uh, they state such attacks are rare, but we've just had two of them in a matter of a few months, both getting dogs and owners both going in to rescue them. Um, they did also say the... Uh, the uh, environmental people also said, we don't suggest that people do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah no. they, they discourage people from trying to save your pets. Oh. But the whole thing, though, is, I, I mean, if, if it's instinctual at that point, you're, yeah. Not, yeah. you're not debating that. You're, you just want to get your dog back yeah. and, and save them. So uh, now the, the other one, uh, that one that we referenced before, I don't know if you remember that one, Jamie. The, the alligator, I mean, it was probably, I don't know, it was a baby. It wasn't, sure, it wasn't, yeah. This one was uh, close to nine feet long. Nope. <laughs> yeah, it was like it was like a it was a it was a big regular size alligator. Nope. Yep. Um, I love dogs. I love my pets. I do too. <laughs> I do too. I don't um, know if if if. I mean, I'd jump up and down and hit it with a stick, but diving in and tackling it, I don't know yeah. if I'm that brave. Boy. That escalated quickly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. Uh. It, it would. It would. That would escalate quickly. Uh, but this guy, this old guy, was funny though because he goes, "Yeah, I just thumbed him in the eye and and like like it was no big deal." But uh, so anyway, uh, great story. The pup's good. The dog's okay. The man's okay. 
And uh, yeah, he just saved his dog from an alligator. So that's why Mike McCoy and Jack the Puppy, the uh, Ch- Chocolate Lab, are our winners of the week. That's how winning is done. It's crazy. It's totally crazy. Yeah. Brave. Yeah, I... I I mean, I, I guess it's I, – I don't know if you'd have time to think. Like I said, I, mm-hmm. I would I, – I mean, if you just had to sit there and say, okay, an hour from now an alligator is going to jump out of the water, grab your dog, and it's a full-size one, and you have to save him. Why? I, I think if you had time to think, there might there – might, I don't know. I just think it's different when it's spur of the moment. Yeah. Cool. So who are we talking about today? Today we're talking about – we're talking about um, influential in, – and most people have probably heard of these psychoanalysts mm-hmm. from our past – uh, because because most of modern treatment is based on a lot of these these approaches. I mean, Freud's the most famous. Tell of me course. about your Every, Everyone knows Freud, <laughs> and and um, and I think a lot of people have heard of. Um, not many people heard of Alfred Adler, which we covered two two episodes ago, and then last episode we did um, Carl Rogers, um, who who invented the 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 idea of client centered therapy or person centered therapy. Mm. So today we're going to talk about Carl Jung, another Carl. His this this guy's name is Jung, J U N G, and and people will refer to it as Jungian therapy. Okay. And and um, so Carl Jung, he was an early 20th century psychotherapist and psychiatrist, and he is credited with with inventing the field of analytic psychology. Um, and again, they say he's considered one of the widely most important influences of psychology uh, in the modern age. Um, so, so going back, let me just give you some background. He was an early supporter of Freud and Freud's ideas of psychoanalysis and, and how he worked, um, because they, they both had an interest in the, in the unconscious or the subconscious with clients. Um, and he was also an active member of the Vienna Psychoanalytic Society. Mm. Um, so in 1912, he was on a lecture tour of America and he publicly criticized Freud's theory, specifically his Oedipus complex theory. Where that boys are are innately attracted to their mothers as as children, and and they have this complex, and we won't get into that because we're not talking about Freud today. But but Jung didn't agree with that. He just didn't think that that the emphasis on infantile sexuality was correct or accurate. Um, so they had this split, like they they split up like a couple. <laughs> so apparently, from that point, they they weren't being friends anymore, and uh, you know. I'm sure they, I'm sure they all had a lot to say. If I could ever get my computer working here. No, no, <laughs> don't shut me up. So, so, young, he he, for young, the purpose of 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 his his approach was he dealt with what he called psychic energy. Now I know that sounds a little bit crazy, a little bit out there. Not not psychic in a way that. Like these, not a TV psychic or somebody that's going to be, you know, reading your mind. He just thought that there was this energy mentally that people had uh, to motivate an individual, which would include a lot of areas such as spiritually, intellectually, creatively. And it says he, that 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 energy is also an individual's motivational source for seeking pleasure and reducing conflict. So. I'll get I'll get to the one thing that that he's probably most known for, and and, and I'm sure a lot of you have heard some of these, 
So he, he called the, the unconscious area, he called them complexes. And he said a complex is a collection of thoughts, feelings, attitudes, and memories that focus on a single concept. So what Jung, what Jung came up with was what he calls archetypes. And he said that the, the mind has these innate characteristics that are imprinted on it as a result of evolution, not as a result of how you were raised, but that it's part of in our DNA being humans or from your ancestry. So he's saying that certain things, as far as the way your mind works, was, has been inherited by ancestors, which is a bit crazy. If you, I mean, just think about it in general. It's like, you know, because my great-great-great-grandfather was, was, you know, I don't know. Nutty. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be. I'm going to be that as well. It skips a generation. Yeah, I don't know. And then landed on you. <laughs> so he said, and even said, he said these these universal uh, predispositions stem from our ancestral past, such as the fear of dark or of snakes or of spiders are probably in your DNA somehow. Oh, yeah, which okay. is odd because that's that's the common fears of most people. Yeah, but uh, or some of them anyway. Um, so we're going we're gonna to talk about archetypes. And archetypes is kind of how Freud had his theory of, of um, stages of development. Uh, Jung has these archetypes, and, and they're kind of these universal meanings across cultures and show up in, in all different places. Um, so the first one he called the persona. So he, the persona to him is the mask or the outward face we present to the world. It conceals our real self, and Jung described it as conformity, the conformity archetype. It's like the public face or a role a person plays when they're interacting with other people. So, that, so that's, that's the first archetype that, that he uses is the persona. So that's the mask you put on. He said the, another archetype is the anima, A-N-I-M-A. <laughs> Do I the know anima, you? Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. He said, this is the mirror image of our biological sex. That is the unconscious feminine or masculine side of our, whether you're male or female, that's underneath. Um, so you have like, a, you have an alternate self that is feminine if you're a male or masculine if you're female. Yeah. Which I, I can understand, understand that. What if you're non-binary? Well, that's, well, see, that's the question. They, they, because would, because that would explain if you're non-binary or bisexual or something like that, sure, that, sure. that those, those, two, those two individual archetypes or these two, the anime has, has kind of come together. Um, so he said that the, the attitudes, uh, each gender manifests attitudes and behaviors of others by virtue of centuries of living together. So like we've learned from... Man, men and women how to, to, to deal with each other because we've been together uh, this is an interesting one and this I know has been used in literature at some point is the shadow that's like that's like Freud's id the, 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 this is the the animal side of our personality um, it's the source of creative and destructive energies and it comes in line with if, according to Jung it's in line with evolutionary theory in that, that it's um, it's just like that, that animal instinct or, or that, that, that innate um, driving force, which he calls the shadow. Um, and one of the other archetypes he talked to is about the self. Now, the self is kind of the fully formed uh, functional part uh, or the functional archetype that he talks about. And he says the self presides a, a sense of unity and experience. And for Jung, he said the ultimate aim of every individual is to achieve a state of selfhood, 
which we could call from other clinicians that have used that idea, self-actualization or, uh, you know, a realization of things that, that, that you want to resolve within yourself. Um, so Jung in general is kind of a humanist. And by that, I mean that, that you, you, you're, you're kind of created according to your, your, these archetypes and that these, these things are imprinted on your DNA as you grow up. But then you still have to take action to kind of combine all of these issues to become self-actualized. He didn't use that term, but that's where it ends up at. So, so what, so even talking about this, you might think, well, what is that? How does that influence today's therapist or therapy? And honestly, a lot of these approaches have been combined into some eclectic mix, which most therapists use nowadays. Like I said, I don't know any strict Jungian therapist right now, although you can find them because when I was, when I was looking for information on Jung today, they're, they're actually, you can find a Jungian therapist if you oh, wanted one. Okay. Um, and it's, it's, and, and, to put it in a nutshell, it's talk therapy that makes a person feel whole. That's the goal. Although I would say that's probably the goal of most any talk therapy. Yeah. So you got to wonder uh, where he would be in with the the thinking today and the the labels and the the, yeah. the I- identities and and the the awareness that we have today compared to then. I'm curious what where his philosophies and 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 advice would fall. I, I would even go back to that first archetype we talked about called yeah. the persona, which is the mask or the outward thing that we that we present to people. And everything was a mask because back then. now. You can, I mean, look, and I'm not slamming social media, folks. I'm not like the old guy down the block. Kids, get off my grass. But, I, I mean, you can, you can display whatever you want on social media. You could, you, you could be t- somebody totally different in person than what you portray there. And it's, it's another example of a mask or something that you present. And this is what I am, even though that's not accurate or not fully accurate. There's probably some level of, of truth to it, but... A lot of embellishment, let's say. Um, so yeah, that's it's interesting because yeah, I, I wonder what he would in now. So Jung, I, I don't know if I, if I don't know if I, he uh, he died in 1961, so he's he didn't quite make it to the, uh, you know, the modern technology internet. Right. You know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, he 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 did get to see television. Oh, okay. Uh, but even that probably would have been interesting to get his. I love his Lucy blew his mind. Right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. He probably looked down there and said, look, look at that archetype. Um, so really, the whole part of, of Jungian's approach is, is to become whole. And, and the way he did this is, he, is by combining parts of the conscious with the subconscious to create a balance. Now, we know, because this, this podcast, is a, we call it the Motor City Hypnotist Podcast, because... We talk about changing thinking and changing subconscious thinking patterns, which changes behaviors. So in a way, this part of this part of I, I kind of like his approach as far as kind of uniting that conscious and subconscious to kind of make it make it fit together and work together. Because honestly, we most of our habits, I mean, people who have ever smoked or I'm trying to think of something that you don't pick up typically like later in life, like like as kids, like some kids might bite their nails mm. or or. Um, you know, there are probably other habits that that develop even from such a young age that it, it's it's just like it just becomes a part of you. It's a part of how how you function. It's what you do. Um, 
So to change that, to change that habit, to change that thing that's locked in, we have to tap into the subconscious because that's where these habits are stored. So as, par- as far as young and therapy and uniting the conscious with the subconscious, that, I think that's great because we can look at both and have them work together. And of course, that's what we do with hypnosis. You know, okay. Tap into the subconscious to change the conscious. Hmm. So, so as far as that goes, that fits in. So, and, and Jung also placed a big emphasis on, on what he called um, like dichotomies, things that are opposite. And again, talking about subconscious and unconscious or, or conscious and unconscious, like he's, it was a very big thing of, of like darkness and light, um, you know, black and white opposites and how they would come together and make a whole. Um, so... Um, if you've ever heard somebody say, I don't know, maybe you've had a therapist that said that that's kind of expressed themselves and said, okay, we're going to, we're going to try to bring together your conscious and your subconscious. That's a, that's a Jungian approach. That's how they would do it. And they might, and they might look at things like your archetypes and Mm -hmm. see where you fit in, you know, especially the persona or what you're projecting or, um, (laughs) Um, the shadow, which is kind of the id, the selfish, the uh, the, the reckless, or or the uh, the animal instinct, mm. and, and looking at those and trying to bring a balance. Um, so yeah, that that's how young, that's how Jung would approach it. So so I imagine if you had a therapy session with him, it would be a lot of um, okay. So like, what do you, what things do you do without thinking about it? And let's try to make you. Th- Next time you do it, we're going to make you conscious of it, which which is a lot of what we do with, with um, I'm I'm really most therapies nowadays are mm. bringing to light, bringing people's attention to things they don't know they're doing. Are, are you talking about like why do I always date this type yes, of person? Exactly. Or like I've, why do I I'll flick the light switch twenty times before I leave the room? Yeah, because I have clients that say, yeah, you know, well. But in, in both genders, it doesn't matter. I'll be like, yeah, why do I always end up with this with this a hole? Why do I always end up with a holes? Yeah. I'm like, well, you're you're choosing them. I'm crazy about brunettes. Subconsciously, but I married two blondes. You're, you're, subconsciously, you're making a choice, <laughs> even though you don't know it or you may not realize it. You you are making that choice in some way, and that goes back to to again, childhood. Um, it could go back to, to just attitudes developed during childhood and things you learned or didn't learn. And, and, and that's what makes people so complicated. Every, we know every person in the world is different. But think about it. Billions of experiences in a lifetime, and not one is similar to anyone else. If you put them all together and, and, and get that end result of what that human being is. So cool, folks. That is Jung. That is Carl Jung. And um, next episode, we're going to talk about one of my favorites. One of my favorites is actually someone I met. So this, this, I'll, 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 I'll share that with you next episode because I'll talk about um, how that came about and what the situation was. Um, so for now, folks, we're going to move on uh, to next episode. And I'll, I'll drop the name, and you can kind of think about it before you get there. Albert Ellis is the name of this psychoanalysis analysis name and uh we're gonna cover him next episode so in the meantime people change your thinking change your life laugh hard run fast be kind we will see you next time (laughs) 